0: second grade. Yesterday during class time we heard a little bit more about the story of Gilly of the goatskin and how the crystal egg and the goose were stolen away from the spay woman's house. I do not think Gilly is very happy and good thing that the fox, Rory, took his den and moved yet again in fear of repercussions from Gilly. But it seems like now Gilly is on an adventure all of his own since the weasel's time is up. And right before we left, off with the last chapter, we heard a lot about the churl of the townland of mischance, who does not sound like a very nice person. Well, it turns out that Gilly is going to work for him. We'll see exactly what the townland of mischance is up to, and whether or not Gilly of the Goatskin has a plan of his own. What did Gilly of the Goatskin do in the townland of mischance? Well, he got up early and went to bed late. He was kept digging, delving, and ditching until he was so tired that he could go to sleep in a furze bush. He ate a breakfast that left him hungry five hours before dinner, and he ate a dinner that made it seem long until supper time. If he complained, the churl would say, well, then you are sorry for your bargain. And Gilly would say, no, rather than lose the wages he had earned and a strip of his skin into the bargain. Well, one day the churl said to him, go into the town for salt for my supper. Take the short way across the pasture field and be sure not to let the grass grow under your feet. All right, master, said Gilly. Maybe you would bring me my coat out of the house so that I needn't make two journeys. So the churl went into the house for Gilly's coat. When he came back, He found Gilly standing in the nice grass of the pasture, lighting a wisp of hay. "'What are you doing that for?' said the churl to him. "'To burn the grass on the pasture field,' said Gilly. "'To burn the grass on my pasture field? You villain! The grass that is for my good racehorse's feeding? What do you mean at all?' "'Sure, you told me not to let the grass grow under my feet,' said Gilly." "'Doesn't the world know that the grass is growing every minute, "'and how will I prevent it from growing under my feet if I don't burn it?' "'With that, he stooped down and put the lit hay to the grass of the pasture field. "'Stop, stop!' said the churl. "'I meant that you were going to go into town without loitering on the way and taking your sweet time.' "'Well, it's a pity you didn't speak more clearly,' said Gilly. "'For now the grass is afire.' The churl had to stamp on the grass to put the fire out, and he burnt his shins, and that made him very angry. Oh, you fool, he said to Gilly. I'm sorry. Are you sorry for the bargain you made with me, master? No. I was going to say that I was sorry I hadn't made my meaning clear to you. Go now to the town and bring me back salt for my supper as quickly as you can. After that... The churl was very careful when he gave Gillian order to speak to him very exactly. This became a great trouble to him, for the people in townland of Mischance used to always say, don't let the grass grow under your feet, when they meant make haste, and don't be there until you're back, when they meant go quickly, and come with horse's legs, when they meant come with great speed. He became tired of speaking to Gilly by the letter. So he made up his mind to give him an order that could not be carried out so that he might have a chance of sending him away without the wages he had earned. One Monday morning, he called Gilly to the door of the house and said to him, take this here sheepskin to the market and bring me back the price of it and the skin. Very well, master, said Gilly. He put the skin across his arm and went toward the town. The people on the roadside said to him, "'What do you want for that sheepskin, young fellow?' "'I want the skin and the price of it,' said Gilly. The people just laughed at him and said, "'You're going to give yourself a long journey, young fellow.' He went through the market asking for the skin and the price of it, and everyone joked about him. He went into the market house and came to a woman who was buying things that no one else would buy. "'What do you want, youth?' she said. The price of this skin and the skin itself said gilly she took the skin from him and plucked the wool out of it she put the wool in her bag and put the skin back on the board there's the skin she said and here's the price of it she left three groats and a tester on top of the skin the churl had just finished his supper when gilly came into the house well master i've come back to you said gilly did you bring me the price of it in the skin itself? said the churl. Here's the skin, said Gilly, putting it on the table with the wool plucked right out of it. And here's the price of it three groats and a tester, he said, leaving the money on top of the skin. Well, after that, the churl of Townland of Mischance began to be afraid that Gilly of the goatskin would be too wise for him and would get away at the end of the three months with his wages, a guinea, a groat, and a tester, in his fist. This thought made the churl very downcast, because for many months now, he had got hard labor out of his serving boys without giving them a single cross for wages. The day after Christmas, the churl said to Gilly, This is St. Stephen's Day. I'm going to such a man's barn to see the Mummers perform a play. Foolish people give these idle fellows money for playing, but I won't do any such thing as that. I'll see something of what they're doing, drink a few glasses and get away before they start collecting money from the people that are watching them. They call this collection their dues, no less. And what can I do for you, master? Said Gilly. Run into the barn at midnight and shout out, master, master, your mill is on fire. That will give me an excuse for running out. Do you understand now what I want you to do? I understand, master. The churl put on his coat and took his stick in his hand. Mind what I've said to you, he said. Don't be a minute later than midnight. Be sure to come in with a great rush. Come in with horse's legs. Do you understand me? Oh, I understand you, master, said Gilly. The mummers were dancing before they began the play when the churl came into the barn. That's a rich man, said one of them to another. We must see that he puts a good handful into our bag. The churl sat on the bench with the farmer who had a score of cows, with the blacksmith who shod the king's horses, and with the merchant who had been in foreign parts and who wore big silver rings in each ear. Half the people who were there I could not tell you. But there were there, Biddy Early, Tacker Jack Walsh, Aunt Jug, Lundyfoot, Matt the Thresher, Nora Creona, Conan Malo, and Sean the Olden. Some said that the King of Ireland's son was there, too. The play was The Unicorn and the Stars. The Mummers did it very well, although they had no one to take the part of the Unicorn. They were in the middle of the play when Gilly of the goatskin rushed into the barn. Master, master, he shouted. Your mill, your mill is on fire. The churl stood up, then put his glass to his head and drained what was in it. Make way for me, good people, he said. Let me out of this, good people. Some near the door began to talk of what Gilly held in his hands. What have you there, my servant? said the churl. Well... A pair of horse's legs, master. I could only carry two of them. The churl caught Gilly by the throat. A pair of horse's legs? Where did you get a pair of horse's legs? Well, off a horse, said Gilly. And whose horse did you get the legs from? Well, yours, master. You wouldn't have liked me to get horse legs from another person's horse, would you? And I thought your racehorse's legs would be the most suitable to cut. The Mummers and the people were gathered round them, and they saw the Churl's face get black with vexation. The Mummers and the people were gathered round them, and they saw the Churl's face get worse and worse and worse. Oh, my misfortune that ever I have met you, said the Churl. Are you sorry for your bargain, Master? asked Gilly. Sorry? "'I'll be sorry every day and night of my life for it,' said the churl. "'Well, you heard what the master said.' "'Good people,' said Gilly. "'I, sure,' said the people. "'He says he's sorry for the bargain he made with you.' "'Well, then,' said Gilly, "'a deal is a deal.' "'Have mercy on me,' said the churl. "'You did not have mercy on the other two poor servant boys,' said Gilly. "'I'll give you your wagers in full.' that is not enough i'll give you double your wages to give to the other servant boys and will you pay the mummer's dues for all the people here no 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 no. i cannot do that then stretch out your neck until i mark the place where i shall begin to cut don't put the knife to me i'll pay the dues for all said the churl you heard what he said said gilly to the people He will pay me wages in full, give me double wages to hand to the servant boys he's injured, and pay the mummers dues for everyone. We heard him say that, said the people. Now stand up. I hope that here all will go home with you and stand in your house until you have paid all the money that's claimed from you. We'll go home with him, said the mummers. We'll stand on his floor until he has paid all the money he has agreed to pay, said the others. And now I must tell you, said Gilly, that I never cut the legs of a living horse, neither his horse nor anyone's. This pair was taken off a poor dead horse by the skinners that were cutting it up. They all went to the churl's house, and there they stayed until he opened his stone chest and took out his money box and paid to the mummers the dues of all the people with sixpence over, and paid Gilly his wages in full, one guinea, one groat, and a tester. And handed him double wages to give to each of the servant boys he had injured. Gilly took the money and left the house of the churl of townland of mischance and The people and the mummers went to the road with him and cheered him as he went on his way.